Hello, I'm Paul Matipa, Curator of African Mobilities. In this podcast on speculative futures, the Nest Collective, represented by some of its founding members, considers the effects of borders on relations among and between Africans on the continent. They discuss how art, culture, language, identity, and colonial proximities have made kinships between the continent and the Black diaspora more challenging to explore. Dr. Njoki Gumi is an artist, writer, and feminist thinker who's held positions in private and public healthcare sectors in Kenya. She's a co-writer, screenwriter, and supervisor of scripts for all NEST filmwork. Jim Chuchu is a filmmaker, musician, and visual artist. His photography and visual artworks have exhibited around the world, and he has directed and scored the collector's film projects over several years. And finally, Sunny Dolat is an independent curator, cultural producer, and creative director. His art practice centers Black people's lives and experiences, and he voyages into contemporary Kenyan fashion, exploring wider issues regarding Africa's place in global cultural debates and dialogues. The keyword for today's podcast is borders. Hello, my name is Joaquin Gomi. I am a member of the NEST Collective alongside um, my two wonderful colleagues uh, who are on this recording with me um, and seven other people who, if they were all on this recording, it would be chaos unlimited. Um, and, and, and I want them to introduce themselves as well. Um, Sunny? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sunny Dollard. I am also a member of the NEST Collective. And Jim? Uh, hi, my name is Jim Chuchu, also a member of the NAS Collective. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the idea of borders and how um, the concept of borders features in, in the idea of an African future. The problem with borders is that they, they have represented colonial force and then post-independence, they were just taken over by these post-colonial states. Yeah. And those states have generally, across Africa, taken a quite an authoritarian point of view regarding their citizenry. Yeah. So these lines, I don't, like these lines really mean good things. They yeah. have separated communities. Yeah. They have been used to, to apply force. And so there's very little agency by black people in the construction of African and diasporic borders, because when mm. you consider the diasporic mm. border, the black person uh, traverses European and American borders without any agency, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a visa question. It's an immigration question. Yeah. And, and the status of those immigrants is always kind of being thrown about as a political issue. Yeah. So to me, it seems as if Africans and black people, we have not built our worlds. No, we have never um, drawn borders. Like, and that the borders we built and the, and, the, and the communities that we built have all largely been deconstructed by capitalism and colonialism and slavery. And so I'm very excited by post-state uh, memberships and post-state community building and the internet and social media have done that where they've created communities that extend beyond the nation state. Yeah. And for me, that's an exciting place to go for blackness. Maybe you can talk about a little, a little bit about... Um a little bit about the project that you did in Santome and what that told you about um, the kind of linguistic boundaries that Black people face. When you're here in, in, in Nairobi, in Kenya, and also everyone around us is also uh, mostly Anglophone, with the exception of maybe like Sudan and Ethiopia, but you know, like UG, Tanzania, um, 
sometimes it's easy to forget, right? And I remember the first time I went to Sao Tome, it was so jarring because like, yeah, everyone speaks Portuguese. And then you really, you realize how, like, again, like by, by design of the colonialists, what these interactions look like. So a country like Sao Tome is very Portugal facing. So the entire aspirations of the country is like the middle class people want to go study in, in Lisbon, people want to go holiday in Lisbon, and that the only points of connection on the continent are like Angola and Mozambique. Yeah. And obviously that's really difficult for them, especially Sao Tome, because they're literally just like by themselves in the middle of the ocean. Mm. And you also see the same thing now when you go to like Francophone Africa, where everyone and the whole country is very France facing and yeah. their aspirations kind of go that way. Um, and similarly in Sudan, where um, everyone looks towards the MENA region and Egypt. And so you start to realize that there's also conversations that aren't happening that should be between Anglo, Franco and Lucifer in Africa. And that was something that like that whole project really made me see because, you know, when trying to source from the whole continent, you also start to see the way that items have to move. Mm. So that, for instance, the, there's a headpiece that I sourced from Côte d'Ivoire that I think went to Belgium before wow. it came to me. Like when I tracked it, it was so ridiculous. I think it went to like six countries. And you're just like, but wait. And it was coming to me in Sao Tome, not to Nairobi. And like, it's just, it's so, it's so wild. And there's, there's, there's many parts of it that, honestly, like you don't even really start to understand and, until you start to, to interact with some of these things. And you're like, wait, what is like, what exactly is happening here? And how did we get here? But that also, even in this attempt to, to kind of visualize or see the entire continent, you're just like, even for me as someone who was born and has grown up in Kenya, and I'm like, I am an African, I'm not anything else. I'm like, there's so much about the continent that I've been ignorant to. Yeah. I remember, I remember when, when, when I went to Sudan for, for work and very foolishly, I was in the cab and I was asking the guys like, okay, so many people like hang out and like, you know, it was like a cool place to like chill in the evenings. And he looked at me like I was mad because he was like, excuse me, it's a punishable offense. There are no bars in this country. And I was like, wait, what? Wow. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like, actually, like I, I honestly didn't really know anything about North of Sudan. And then I was like, how is it that I just leave like two countries down? But like, you know, you really have no sense of what happens in Sudan and then that goes back to the design that you know mm. as Kenya we are very like Anglo facing yeah um, they are very Mina facing and that mm. unless unless the interactions and the coming together are intentional yes they don't happen we face the proximities mm. which will allow us um, survival which will allow us ways to survive you know the the, the this, this this entire capitalist um chaos that we've built and called an economy. You, you know what I mean? The ways in which we gain information, the ways in which we gain tech, the ways in which we gain access to what we imagine is worldly, is very much linked to this idea of which way we face, to which powers, which global imperial powers we are facing. Mm. And, then, and then what you said, Sunny, really made me think about... Um, the ways in which these routes, these travel routes, 
are still colonized entities. The ways in which you can only go to country A if you go through this other country and that country just so happens to be their former colonizer. It's not an accident. Coming up, the NIST Collective team discuss internal borders within existing communities. There are those borders of gender, borders of sexual orientation, borders of class, you know, borders of how well you speak which colonial language. Back to this, back, back to this idea of the of the interior, you know, the interior borders um, within blackness itself. Um, I I I'm, 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 I remember like every time people start to have conversations about femicide, every time people start to have conversations about uh, people who are killed because because they're gay, because they're lesbian, because they're trans, you know, and then the ways in which the silence quickly begins or the filtering out of interest quickly happens. I think maybe another thing to say as regards um, fem- like, like, like femicides and, and the deaths of, of LGBTQ people is that their deaths are also homed within their communities of belonging. These deaths happen at home. These deaths happen in bedrooms. These deaths happen on the streets at the hands of their own. And so there are ways in which when we attack those deaths, we are attacking self. Then, then we have to ask ourselves, who does, who does the border that is still in between us serve? Who does it serve most? Why do we try to give it energy, to give that line, that wall between us, um, all this energy that we, that we are giving it? So maybe there's also that to consider as regards the mm. way in which these borders apply and apply yeah. outwards and inwards. There are multiple routes for Africa beyond, you know, the geospatial borders of the continent alone. And so Africa is rooted everywhere where Africans are. You're listening to African Mobilities. When we come back, the Nest Collective team takes on how borders have affected relationships between continental and diasporic Africans. I know one of the things that we've talked about and I've been thinking about for a long time is is around um, the, re- the the reconciliation of of global blacknesses because I think that the way that blacknesses interact um, there's many unresolved tensions yeah um, and so there's certain things that like like continental blackness will do that will really rub. Um, diaspora blackness the wrong way and yeah. vice versa yeah. and i think that until there's that moment of, rec- of reconciliation which will be difficult but necessary yeah but until that reconciliation happens um i don't think that this tension will will go away yeah. um and and that it is important to address yeah. um Love doesn't take patriarchy away, it doesn't take sexism away, it doesn't take homophobia away. You just can't walk around holding hands and saying everything's going to be fine. And that same applies to black people. The the conflicts between blacknesses will not be, you know, will not disappear because we are all black. 
uh, you said that it was very urgent for the black reconciliations to happen. And by black reconciliations, we mean um, how do black communities yeah. speak to one another about the trauma that they have that they have inflicted upon one another yes. uh, across borders, and the borders have been have been lines that have been used. Uh, to create trauma between communities. So, for instance, how the Kenyans and the Somalis have such trauma between them mm. because of the war that's going on between them. Um, South Sudan, North Sudan, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, these lines have been have been the frameworks for conflict uh, and as such. So I think of the line between the continental Africans and the diasporic Africans as another line that has, has caused such, uh, trauma, yeah. such uh, broken relationships. And so some of these histories are quite recent when you think about the South African outbursts of Afrophobia yeah. where they have attacked other Africans and told them go back home, go back to Africa, mm. which is such a violent thing to say to fellow Africans. There are multiple routes for Africa beyond you know, the geospatial borders of the continent alone. And so Africa is rooted everywhere where Africans are. As we close out this podcast, the NEST Collective team reflect on new information that has illuminated their thinking on borders. Um, I guess maybe I'll ask the final question, which is a very short one, thankfully. Um, And that's about, is there anything that you're reading or is interesting that is, kind of illuminating for you um, as regards this idea of the border um, or the idea of lack of borders or making existing borders for us or whatever? I think the events of 2020 so far have, have demonstrated uh, how little the earth cares about our borders mm. and our aspirations. And our, you know, um, and and it seems to me like uh, we are increasingly being asked to think wider and larger than our human selves. Um, and for, and I wonder what that means for blackness, you know, because so much is unresolved. And if we now say, okay, it's time to to pay attention to the earth, forget about the human conflict. I wonder what that means for us. Hmm. Mm. Mm. I see what you mean. Um, Sunny. Um, I don't really think I've like read anything recently. Um, that that speaks directly to this. But I, the thing that I have been feeling is, um, just as as Jim said, that there's something about this year, about 2020, that um, I think in the beginning. You know, um, everyone was so understandably um, really fixated on on the pandemic, but there's so much more that's happened since then. And it feels like um, this is the year that we are supposed to make hard decisions and and have difficult conversations. Um, Because, yeah, there's been a lot of nonsense and shenanigans that, that people have had to deal with for, for a very, very long time. And that hopefully, um, 
I don't think we can solve it all this year, but maybe this is the year that we can put everything on the table. The African Mobilities podcast series was made possible with the support of the Goethe Institute in partnership with the School of Architecture and Planning and the Witz Institute for Social and Economic Research at the University of the Witwatersrand, as well as the Andrew Mellon Foundation.